That's gross. Moldy. Yeah. Uh, you didn't realize it was all a prequel for the bubonic plague? <laughs> that's the that's the origin story. This is Matt Peters. This is Lex Lutz. And you're listening to Lex and Matt's Excellent Adventure. Oh, crap. Were we supposed to do that at the same time? No. Okay. <laughs> Start the show. <laughs> People are going to learn a lot about us on this show, and... Uh, I guess we should kind of introduce ourselves before we go any farther. So why don't you go ahead and start us off? I am Lex, and I don't know what we're going to say about ourselves in the beginning. <laughs> we, did, we, we did not think this through. You started off so strong. You're like, I am Lex. I'm like, oh, snap. This is going to be amazing. I'm the okay. villain of the story. I buckled up. I was ready. And then you just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, where am I going with this? That's that's most conversations with me, though. What, uh, okay. what was I with? Yeah, no, I'm Lex. Obviously, we met through writing. I write from time to time. I've done a little podcasting in the past, but nowhere near as much as you. And we've done podcasting together through Cast Today and since we last spoke and all that jazz. Be prepared for musical theater references like that. It's just going to become a musical eventually. This is what it's going to evolve into. Lord help us if that's like all good shows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, But you know, people will tune in to hear the train wreck though. I haven't sang since I was in mixed chorus back in high school. You were in chorus. Oh, I was in chorus. Let me tell you. Well, I'll I'll get the pleasantries out of the way first. Tell us your name and then tell us about chorus. I don't care about (laughs) stupid little tidbits that's why i, I like it's like it, it I, i'm fine and then i get into the small talk part and i'm like well the weather is nice like i i just can't i can't do that i'm not good at that i'm good at stupid tangents that's where i shine that's what we should have named our show stupid tangents oh man missed opportunity man but you know what stupid tangents will be here in this excellent adventure we can call we can do that as a segment we can say stupid tangents and it's literally just the entire episode <laughs> Okay, that's the name. Oh, we named an episode right there. (laughs) Episode one, (laughs) Stupid Tangents. (laughs) Put it on the board. I'm Matt Peters, ladies and gentlemen. I do that thing where my voice gets really high when I introduce myself because I'm a fan of Kevin Smith and he does that too. So I thought, hey, why not? That seems like a good idea. I do podcasting and I internet. What else do I do? Oh, I try to make sure everybody has an equal platform in places like Chicago Nerd Social Club. I, I like to have fun as well. So that's why I talk to Lex, because she is a, a an intellectual, fun person. And we decided to put these conversations on the Internet for you to enjoy as you grocery shop or walk on your treadmills. Yeah. I mean, that's that was kind of the genesis of it, for sure, was we have a lot of really interesting conversations and we allow each other to tackle things and hear each other out and everything like that. Like we don't, we've never really fought about anything. Like we've definitely disagreed, mm-hmm. but it's just, I don't know. It's something that's kind of a little bit lost in the internet space and in the world in general right now. And it's just like, it's kind of cool to to have a conversation and to hear each other out and go, even if you walk away from it going, I didn't agree with that, but like, I, I hear what you're saying. That's kind of cool. That is that is cool. You know, when you say it's lost on the Internet, it's it's very true, because a lot of times you don't know that a person is coming from a good place. It's almost um, antagonistic from the inception of the conversation when you encounter a stranger on the Internet, especially in places like Reddit and that sort of thing. It's like, okay, 
I'm just waiting for you to link to your blog. That's all about red states and all that stuff. So, right. You know, there are good conversations being had out there for sure. Like it, it's not all bad. Like that's one thing that I've tried to remind myself lately where I'm like, Oh my God, why'd I go and read it? And then every <laughs> once in a while I see, you know, a thread of comments or something I'm like, Oh my gosh, everyone is so nice to each other and they're just sharing knowledge. And this is, this is what the internet should be. This is what we thought it was going to be. And, <laughs> and then, it, and then it's, you know, deep state and like, wait, what? Huh? <laughs> How did I get here? Right, right. I love it because, you know, sometimes somebody incredibly sensible will go on a long tangent and then somehow midway through, they kind of delve into, well, you know, the lizard people took over five years ago, so it really doesn't matter anymore. But hey, I, oh, man. That lizard people, okay. Lizard people and uh, and flat earthers, I, I really want to know the t- statistics on how many of these people there are. But I also don't want to know. Because I, I, I really feel like that might break my mind on how many flat earthers are there around the world. Like, come on. What, what, what's <laughs> let's, let's, let's rewind for a second here. I love the fact that even in their paraphernalia, even in their, um, uh, their pamphlets and everything, because I've actually encountered a few in the wild, in their pamphlets, the flat earthers have to use the phrase around the world, and yeah. that must kill yeah. them every single yeah. time. Or maybe it's just lost on them. I don't know. I'd like to actually speak to one. So if you're a flat earther, please get in touch. With no, Lex no, no. <laughs> It'd be like, you're like Lex and Matt on Instagram. And, fa- and, I'm, and I'm just sitting here going, no, why do we keep getting flat earther pamphlets? <laughs> Number one podcast amongst flat earthers. Lex Ooh, and Matt's yeah. excellent adventure. Yeah. Ironically, it's in the science division. Mm. Apple Podcasts. Kind of weird. <laughs> How did that happen? Are we going to discuss Weezer finally? Oh, God, because... yes. Yes. <laughs> because we need to discuss SNL as a whole. But let's start at that brilliant skit that took place this weekend. <laughs> In the Christmas episode with Matt Damon hosting. Yes. So I was... So, so this is really funny watching that skit because that whole thing of where the, the other cast members in it, because it was a... Uh, it was Matt Damon and Leslie, and they were fighting back and forth about <laughs> if you just basically if you just like early Weezer or if you're into current Weezer slash ride or die for Weezer, which is just hilarious to me. And what's so what what was so great about it was that this is a thing. And I noticed it's mostly for like Weezer and then U2 kind of was that way for a while. And now mm-hmm. it just seems to be everyone hates you two like that's just the standard it used to be like oh i like this earlier stuff and now it's just like no i hate them but the the, so the weezer bit i was like who did they write this for as i was watching it (laughs) knowing the references knowing what they were saying knowing that i've had these conversations i just was sitting back going who wrote this who did they write this for and so i went on instagram as one does and because i follow Melissa Villasenor, I hope I pronounced her name right. And she had tagged the guys who wrote it. And it was three white men. And like, not not to like, that. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But like, I was like, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. Like, yeah. they had this conversation in dorm rooms. Most of the time I've had this conversation, it's been with like, other white guys. Mm-hmm. Like, or I'm not a guy, but you know what I mean? You're one of the guys, come on. I'm one of the guys. One of the guys. <laughs> Them gals are dumb, right? Is that how men? <laughs> 
Is that is that locker room talk? I wish I could That's, tell you. Yeah. Do do I look like I know how men speak? Come on. That's true. Okay. No. <laughs> but yes, Weezer. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. These guys wrote this. Okay, this makes sense. And and the amazing part to me is it made it to air because so much get cut on that show. Right. Was um, that? It's constantly changing. Was that one of the later? Because I, I can't even remember like when it aired. Yeah. Was it like after Weekend Update? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, SNL has always been a mixed bag. Like, that's the beauty of it to me. I'm like, ooh, what's going to land? What's not going to land? <laughs> and I, I I, thoroughly enjoyed that the Weezer bit was viral immediately. And pretty much no one was laughing watching the skit. Like, I, in the audience. I was. They're, 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 no, 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 no. I mean, in the audience, like the live audience there uh-huh. was was really not responding that much unless Matt Damon was saying something like he, one time he said like drink my blood or so I don't like he yeah. said something crazy like that and that's when they will laugh because it's so insane but the other references and stuff were just lost it was just one of those weird ones that I mean it was it was good though I really liked it yeah me too they took a risk and they followed through and I I think getting Leslie Jones to play the counterpoint there was was ideal as well because she just brings that that heightened level of passion to whatever she's talking about. So it just it was the perfect balance to Matt Damon's like maximum whiteness. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. No, that's that's true. The sequel yeah. to uh, <laughs> Spider-Man miniseries, Maximum Carnage, Maximum Whiteness, starring <laughs> Matt Damon as Carnage and Matt oh Damon as Eddie Brock. And Matt Damon as Spider Man, why not? That would per- that would pair well with what was it? Um, Dark Knight the Master Race. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still can't believe they released that, but I mean, remember that Yeah. Title. They were just on Frank Miller's job for a minute. Like they could not get over the fact that he just doesn't have whatever he had anymore, or maybe the world has grown enough to get over his brand of edginess. I don't know. I just was, I was shocked. That, I wasn't shocked they were releasing Frank Miller. I was like, okay, clearly people still like Frank Miller or whatever. I've never really gotten his work, mm-hmm. but that, you know, preference. I was like, how are you putting this book out with this title? <laughs> how is that okay? Yeah. yeah. I think if they put it out today, even though it's only been a short period of time, they would pull it. Yeah, I mean, they won't even let us see Batman's peen at this point, even though they have, like, an adult, super edgy brand. So, yeah, I, I don't think that would fly in this day and age. That was such a weird controversy, and I, yeah. Yeah, he had some other book that came out around that time called Holy Terror, and that was supposed to be a Batman story, but they ended up changing the character at the last one. I think, I think maybe DC rejected this one. I don't know enough about it to really uh, say that. Oh, yeah, it was like 2010. He goes, it's no longer a DC book. He decided to part ways with them, and it's no longer a Batman story. So he made up some generic superhero called The Fixer. Okay. But it started out as him wanting to show Batman kicking out Kata's ass. And <laughs> calling it Holy Terror. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Comic books, there's something for everyone. Yeah. That's not for me. No. Not me either. <laughs> but to What you don't love America? <laughs> what you got against America, boy? 
to make a hard left back to SNL for a second. Because I love so many things about this episode. I just wanted to talk about a little bit more. Now, I have a question because with SNL and are you have you been like a, an avid viewer for a long time? Or are you getting back into it? Or are you like, you know, because a lot of people, they, they watch it when they're like a teenager or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of go like, SNL is not as good as it used to be. And then they walk away and it's like everyone has their era sort of thing yeah so funny enough my dad um growing up my dad used to be a a cab driver so he'd be out at all hours of the night and i would try to like sneak and wait uh, wait up for him sometimes to come home and on uh nick at night they would have the truncated older episodes of snl that were like an hour long just like a solid hour yeah and i would just watch those to kind of catch up and see what all the hullabaloo was about so you know growing up when i get jobs and everything and the older folks are talking about like oh yeah remember when eddie murphy was gumby i'm like yes i do i saw that that was great like how in the world have you seen all these episodes of snl so i've seen the vast majority of snl probably except for like the will ferrell era i have a very similar story but mine was just i i hated school so (laughs) i would find ways to skip school and it was the whole thing. My brother was the same way. Like he taught. <laughs> he's way. He's way older than me. He's like nine years older than me. So this is really just poorly reflected on him. Um, he like taught me how to puke, like nice. the fake puking and everything like that, so that I could get out of school. And yeah. Um, so now I just like I'm. I'm so quick to puke. It's the worst. It it, it literally messed with my system. But I. <laughs> so I would stay home. And I would watch repeats on Comedy Central. Ah. So they would have everything. And I think that the only really like it was the very beginning stuff. So like the she- the Chevy stuff, like like the, you know, that those first couple years, I did. I don't think they replayed those as much. And then it would be Kids in the Hall and Mad TV and all that. So I was just watching sketch comedy. Yeah. While, yeah. you know, I should have been learning math and stuff. And I'm I'm. <laughs> I love sketch comedy. I'm terrible at math. So it all worked out. Yeah. Yeah, it all, it all balanced out. No, but yeah. I had the same thing where it's like, oh, yeah, I don't really have a favorite era because I love all – I mean, I, I do. I, I mean, I have the Tina Fey years of when she was writing and when Maya and Amy were there and then Kristen Wiig came in at the tail end of that. To me, like, oh, my gosh, and Rachel Dratch and all that. Like, I, those women – when they came in, I was just like, these are the funniest people on earth. And that was when I really, really fell head over heels for it. Mm. And I feel like right now it's, it's really close as far as the talent is concerned of like, Oh my gosh, this cast is so good. The women particularly of this cast are amazing. You know, what's, what's weird. Like, and I, I thought that I'd seen the majority of the eras of SNL, but I don't remember many of the episodes from like 85 to 90 where they had Robert Downey Jr. and Joan Cusack, Anthony Michael Hall. Like, I don't remember hardly any of those. Well, I don't think they ever replayed those because that's when Lauren left. So Lauren left briefly. I think that that's all like looked down upon of like, oh, that I think it was only a year or two. But I think for the most part, those years are really looked down upon because they tried to do something different and it just it fell flat. And Lauren has such a knack for finding the right people for the show. It's not necessarily like, oh, they're the most talented. It's the right fit. There are plenty of talented people who never made it on SNL. True. True. Um, You know, you hear 
plenty of stories of like, oh, Steve Carell auditioning for SNL. And you could see, you know, his audition or something like that. It's like, yeah, but he didn't make it. It doesn't mean he's not talented. It just means that at that time there were other people that were more well suited for that show because it's a weird show. Like it's a it's a very particular flavor. Yeah, not only that, but you, you have to get a, a group that meshes well together. You know, you, you can't just exactly. have one person like, oh, this is the star of the show. I mean, ultimately, that, that does kind of happen over time. I mean, yeah, ask Kate McKinnon. There you go. Yeah, with the errors and everything, I, I kind of ducked out 95 to 2000. I don't know. I just wasn't really interested. But then I heard good things about Tina Fey and they would have like interesting hosts come on. Like I know The Rock was hosting at one point there. So that kind of like pulled me back in and it being more accessible, of course, through reruns um, and, and, and streaming that made me stick around. So, yeah, I love that Hulu has a lot of those years, like the late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. They have a whole backlog and I've gone through those, and it's, it's really, really good. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll have to, I, I'll I recommend have to remember it. that when I'm looking for something to watch. Because, you know, there's it's always that. It's such good, like, relaxing background for me. Yeah. Because I'm always looking for comedies. I, I, I'm always like, oh, my gosh, if I can't deal with, especially right now, like, we, we you know, news cycle, all that crap. I'm like, oh, no, just turn on SNL. It's okay. Yeah, especially when it's, you know, it's the holidays, you want something that's not holiday related to watch. A lot of people gravitate towards, oh, yeah, Die Hard and all that stuff. But, you know, you need something that's completely devoid of Christmas. Guess what? Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. It's not. It's really not. Not. It just takes place around Christmas. There's a difference. They just do that to frame why he's in the city. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's it's funny because people who say that, you know, first of all, they're regurgitating what they've heard several times already. But even at the beginning, at the inception of that meme, people were feeling like they were different. And, you know, this is the alternative Christmas movie. It's got zero to do with Christmas. Yeah. It's just a framing sequence. I mean, if that's the case, then my favorite Christmas movie is While You Were Sleeping, starring Sandra Bullock. Was that Christmas? I it haven't seen that was. in years. Because well, the, I mean, around Christmas. The whole, the whole crux of the movie was that she had to spend Christmas with her fiancé's family so they could get to know her better. Oh. Yeah, I've only seen bits and pieces of that movie, and I haven't seen it in years. It's like I did not realize it was one that was that high of a claim for you. It is legit my favorite Sandra Bullock movie. Ooh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's... Dang. Even above Miss Congeniality, Speed, all that stuff. The best. I don't think of Speed. I, I think of her in comedic stuff. <laughs> I really like the, the one she did with Ryan Reynolds. I thought that was funny. Yeah, that was good. I, I mean, especially like because that's later in her career and everything, whatever. But yeah, that's a good flick. What's the one sliding doors? Is that what I'm thinking of? Or is that something else completely? I don't know. Hope Floats. Hope Floats. Is that's what it is. my jam. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I saw that at the theater, man. I saw that... I went to visit my uncle for some reason in Baltimore. It's just like to spend a couple of weeks in the summer. He's like, let's go to the Your movies. Your uncle lives in Baltimore? I didn't know that. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. So he's like, let's go to the movies. And I'm like, what are we going to watch? And it ended up being Hope Floats. <laughs> What's funny about that is the time that you were in Baltimore area watching Hope Floats. I might have been in that area watching Hope Floats. As a little child, Scooby. I'm just kidding. I don't know if I saw that in theaters. I think yeah. that was a, I think that was a VHS <laughs> rental. It's probably too little, but I remember watching that at a very young age and loving that movie. <laughs> that would be oh. super creepy. Just you know what? 
we're gonna be friends one day, little girl. We, we were in the <laughs> we were in the same theater. No, <laughs> that's our that. Christmas story. Yeah. <laughs> you see that little girl? Oh, I'm gonna be her friend one day. <laughs> and that's why Matt's not allowed in Baltimore anymore. Ever again. That was the last summer I was invited. Yes, that was it. <laughs> yeah, but no, I I don't think of Die Hard as a Christmas movie. I mean, I think of it as a phenomenal action movie. I gotta tell you, I you know, and this is this is my confession right here. Ooh, go for it. I'm I'm into it. I've never seen the entirety of the first Die Hard movie, ever. Oh really? I saw Die Hard two. I've seen that movie several times. Die Hard three, it's my jam. Never seen Die Hard one the whole way through. I mean, it's worth visiting, like, and just sitting down and watching it. I guess. I mean, I like Alan Rickman, you know. Yeah, he's amazing in it. I think that this is the problem, though, where you're like, you get in this position where you're like, you either like, you have to watch Die Hard, or <laughs> or you have to sit back and go, yeah, yeah, it's cool, it's, it's cool, just watch it, just watch it. And then you're just like sitting back going, like, cool, 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 cool. Like, did you like it? Did you like it? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's a great movie. It is one of those that I've started to get annoyed with because of the way that it's every year. Like, it's a Christmas movie. It's the best Christmas movie. <laughs> and I'm just like, but have you seen Family Stone? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, I'm so, saying, come on. it's impossible to call it the best Christmas movie when there's a Christmas story. The Santa Claus. Oh, uh, I can't watch Christmas Story anymore. What? Oh, yeah, no, I haven't been able to watch... <laughs> so I have a lot I have a lot of weird Christmas like Christmas gone bad stories. Oh. This one is the worst one and I don't I don't view it in a negative way, but this one was um so basically I was 15 I believe that year, maybe 14, and my dad had his first panic attack. Oh. He didn't know it was a panic attack. He never had one in his life. We had to go to the hospital because oh, wow. he thought he was having a heart attack. <laughs> Oh, he was fine. He was fine. But they were playing that 24-hour block oh, of yeah. Christmas Story. And mm. I was just sitting there freaking out. Because I have panic attacks. I've had them, like, my whole life. And I was just freaking out. So now every time I see it come on, I'm like, nope. I'm done. This movie. I, it's been, like, 10 years. And I, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I, I used to love it, too. But, like, I think it's between that and, like, the fact that it's been played. They do that 24-hour block at least 24 hours. Right. And I'm just like between seeing it so many times and having like the one time when I saw it, it was like, like the Ron Swanson thing. He's like, you know, when you eat chicken and you get food poisoning and then you can't <laughs> eat chicken again. That's right. my blonde chicken. Like, yeah, I can't do it. I, I've had that experience with home run and pizza. I got super sick after eating some and I just cannot, I can't do it again. It used to be yeah. my favorite thing in the world, like pizza wise. And now I just can't, I can't. Yeah. Yeah, Awful. there's just a, it's definitely like the the emotional equivalent of food poisoning. Yeah. Like, you know, there's like, oh, this breakup happened and this song was playing and I just can't listen to that song anymore. That you know, sucks. That really sucks because I had a lot of songs that I enjoyed that a friend of mine and I really like vibe with and everything like that. And I can't enjoy them anymore. Well, no, I mean, I'm coming around now. But yet for a good stretch of time, it's like I can't hear that song without thinking about you. And I don't like you, so get out yeah, of my head. Yeah, that's. I I mean, the way that I get over that is I don't talk to people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't have friends. I just don't. 
I don't associate things because I don't have anything to associate it with. And that person was Kanye West. Oh boy. You know, he's <laughs> it hurts so just, bad when I had I to purge my really, playlist. <laughs> I just really want Kanye West to. I want everyone to stop. Not not. I I think he has clearly has mental health issues, and I yeah. hope he gets help. Yeah. And I feel really bad for him. I feel bad for his wife and his kids and everything like that. Sending in love to recovery and everything like that. But the fact of the matter is he's openly talking about not taking his meds. Mm-hmm. And he is doing all these things. And he does something. And then people go, he's got mental health issues, man. And they go, like, you can't you can't say this about him because he's got mental health issues. And I'm like, I, I deal with anxiety. And I'm not an asshole. Like, and I take medicine for it. I'm not an asshole. Like, you know, like, you... He, I mean, I, I just think that, like, if it was something that was happening that was, like, he wasn't, I don't know, this feels like a land landmine situation to me where I shouldn't, I, because I, I can't speak to it because I don't have what he has. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're, they're more, they're definitely more qualified people, I should say, that could speak to that. But I'm, I'm concerned about making him right now. He, he clearly wants to speak about mental health issues, and I think that he should, but I think he should get more help first. Well, I'll meet you halfway with it. I, I agree with what you're saying, and I'll, I'll, I'll add to it that it's it's a dangerous scenario that we're in right now because, yes, he does have mental health issues that he does need to address. I appreciate and I value people that are dealing with it and that are working towards a solution, uh, people that are working towards getting up enough courage to work towards a solution and even yeah, admitting that to middle themselves. Ground. That's, that is, that's, that's tough in itself. Yeah, yeah. So it's not vilifying Kanye West to say that I wish he would really try to deal with this a little bit better because some of the things that he is doing while he's finding out uh, what his path should be are harming the community at large, the black community, the hip hop community, you know, just in, in no particular order, obviously. He's, he's just really not aware fully in my mind. He's not really fully aware of the power of his words. And if he is aware of that, he's kind of taking for granted his effect on society in, in general. I mean, yeah. when you sit down with the president of the United States, wh- whoever it may be, you're you're going to have a lasting effect on this country's history. That yeah. needs to be respected. That needs to be something that's not just taken as an opportunity to boost your own brand. You need to think about the long-term effects of that. And unfortunately, uh, the way that it happened, it complicated matters even more. I can't I, I can't imagine how frustrating that is to be like, oh, here's here's the famous black guy mm-hmm. who represents all black people in this moment good or bad like like this is the this is the shit that that i just so i am a white woman and anytime lena dunham comes up i'm like no 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 i am not like her i am not and i'm like that's not even a fraction of what you deal with like not even close it's bad because he's not only like you know uh sometimes the most popular black man in the world he's also from chicago um which i am so yeah that kind of sucks and, and he and here's the thing, he's made great things too. It's not like you is. can go, you know, it's not like you can go, man, he kinda always sucked though. He didn't. Like no. he that he had that part of him. And and another thing he's doing right now too that really bothers me is that, you know, we're all aware of his artistry and his talent. And he's he's saying things right now like, I can't create on this medicine. Like, I heard that recently. If that quote is incorrect, let us know. But 
but like something along the lines of like I'm off my meds because I can't do what I do. Hmm. And I think that's super dangerous to artists who also have mental health issues to be that because they all there's already that fear. There's already that fear of like this will take away the magic thing. It's like, no, 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 no. If it's working right, it should clear your mind and allow you to do whatever you need to do. Right. Right. I mean, unfortunately, neither of us is in a position to really do anything for him or help him or anything like that. Or if he'd be even be willing to accept help from two random people on the Internet. Who knows? But, you know, I, I... don't don't reach out to me, Kanye. No. I know you're tempted. <laughs> I, I got too much shit on my plate, man. I'm uh, I'm a mess in myself. Like, no, I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think I'm going to have to pass on Kanye, too. I mean, there are people more qualified than I am, like you said previously. You know, I, I wish that the people surrounding him were more interested in his well-being and not that, just... That drives me nuts, too, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. I mean, he... People that want to make money that... Oh, yeah. I mean, when he, lost, when he lost his mom, honestly, that took away a big, big supporter in his life that seemingly knew how to correct his compass, you know? And I, I don't want to... I don't want to dig too much more deeper into that i mean obviously i don't know him yeah. personally or anything but you know it, it really seems oh, you like don't? oh okay. but, but wait but he's wait, wait wait hold on but he's black and he's from chicago you don't know him and this has been the final episode of Mass excellent adventure thank you very much for tuning in ladies and gentlemen anywho my cousin actually did ride the school bus we, we renamed this episode now it's it's uh lex is racist let <laughs> And it's in the same font as always sunny in the Philadelphia uh, yeah. title card. Yeah, The gang gets racist or whatever. <laughs> I, I can hear was, the theme already. That was legitimately one of the episodes, The Gang Gets Racist. I think, yeah, I think it was, actually. I, I thought I was been. coming up with it. I'm not. That's just the show. It might have even been the first episode, actually. <laughs> I got to check that out. Anywho, we started talking about Christmas movies, but we're kind of out of time here. What's okay? Quick, quick fire. What's one of your favorites? Maybe one the one favorites. that's underrated. Okay. Well, everybody loves Elf. That's the you know the modern favorite. Home Great. Alone, of course. I'm gonna go yeah. with Gremlins. I think Gremlins was actually probably my one of my favorite Christmas movies. Yes. Yeah. Gremlins is so good. I'm not gonna lie. I like Gremlins too as well. Me too. Me too. It had the Enjoy weirdest it. cameos. Um, uh, another dark horse for me, Jingle All the Way. I like Jingle All the Way a lot. I never got into Jingle All the Way. It's got Sinbad. Just... <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't it didn't appeal to me, but I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, you know, Phil Hartman, Sinbad. <laughs> Can't oh, go I wrong. I forgot about Phil Hartman. Oh, man, I miss yeah. Phil Hartman. Me too. I miss him. He was such a comedic genius, man. It's too bad we lost him. He was. He yeah. was. It's like it's like him and Farley. I'm like, oh, my gosh, why aren't you still here, man? Right, right. Making hilarious things. Um, I man, I I love and you you said something about it the other day, just friends. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think that movie is hilarious. Yeah, I yeah. love that movie, particularly his relationship with his brother mm-hmm. throughout the movie is just the best. Like he is that the little brother is so annoying. Uh, the Family Stone, one of Family my favorites. Good. Yeah, it's yeah. super heavy. Like I understand why people wouldn't want to watch it, but to me, I'm like, oh, this is. For me, it was like checking all the boxes of like, I love this cast. I love and hate these characters. Like they're, you know, it's it's a nice messed up family. Yeah. I love stories like that. Oh, um, oh, one of them that love actually is it's just so good. It is good. It is yeah. good. 
Yeah. I think that it's one of those movies that I, so I didn't realize it was like a really big thing until like a few years back when I watched it for the first time. I had never really seen that type of movie. The vignettes or whatever, how I think that's what it's called. Vignette mm. style. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this, I thought it was super weird. Like I remember watching it going, wait, what? They're telling a different story now? What is this? Huh? Like what's going on? And I was like, okay. I get it. I get what they're doing here. And I really like I, I ended up really liking it. I was surprised because I can't stand the title. Like, I think the title's really dumb. It is. It is. And I always get it con- confused with Down With Love. Oh, that's a weird movie. Yeah. My yeah. gosh, not to get too far on a tangent, but when when she when Renee Zellweger does that that monologue. Oh, my gosh. What <laughs> was that? What? And the duet. The duet with Ian McGregor. What was that about? <laughs> It I mean, like that was just thing. gorgeous. But when she was going through, <laughs> my name is actually Barbara, and like just going through her whole thing, and I had brown hair, and oh, you didn't notice me because I had brown, like, what? What are you, you're a psych, like, this is psychotic. <laughs> it was, it was, because I, I saw, I think I saw that in theaters, actually. Wow. I don't, I don't, I don't remember exactly, maybe not, maybe I just like rented it when it came out, but I remember watching it going, what is going on? <laughs> What is happening with this movie? Because I thought it was one thing, and it was like, why didn't you just stick with that thing? Like, I, I, I anyway, that I feel like you're the first person I've met who's actually seen that movie. <laughs> I'm ser- like, I'm serious. I don't think I've ever met anyone else who's seen it. And I'm just like, wait, wait, can we talk? I realized this happened like 12 years ago. Can we talk about how weird that movie was? I was, I was in a relationship with a woman that loved all of those movies and unfortunately she had a penchant for the Tyler Perry movies too. So I've seen a lot of things I'm not proud of, Lex. I respect Tyler Perry so much, man. Man, you know what? It was funny. I actually had a moment at work today where we were listening to the song Amazing and it, trust me, it goes somewhere. We were listening to Amazing by Aerosmith and a coworker of mine is like, you know what? This is such a great album. And I go, yes, this is my favorite Aerosmith album. And he replies, you know, I think the reason why it was so different is because, uh, you know, Steven Tyler didn't write any of the music himself. They had somebody else come in and do a ghostwriter thing. So, of course, you know, in modern day, we go to Wikipedia. We don't just discuss it like human beings. Right. And I'm like, oh, it looks like Tyler and Perry, Joe Perry, the, the, the lead guitarist, <laughs> yeah. wrote all of these songs themselves. But he heard me say, it looks like Tyler Perry wrote all these songs. And he's like, excuse me? I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Tyler Perry didn't write <laughs> but could you imagine if Tyler Perry no. wrote the best-selling Aerosmith album of all time? Okay, see, this is where this is where you're a good person and I'm a bad person. Like you go to the good place and I go to the bad place, where everything is fine. Because I, if he said like this is this is this is the example of so like I was walking with my friend Allie. And we were getting ready to get into the car. It was my car. And there was a car next to mine that's like a similar shade of color and a similar type of car. And so she's going to the other car to get into the passenger seat of this wrong car. And I could have said something immediately, but I just watched. I just watched as she tried to get into the wrong car because I thought it was hilarious. And like quietly, I was just like, okay, she's going to figure it out eventually. (laughs) I would have, if he would have gone, wait, Tyler Perry? I would have said, yeah. Yeah, dude. Tyler, that, you didn't know that? That's where he got his start. Like, he was doing that. And I would have tried to make this guy believe and hopefully <laughs> spread the idea that Tyler Perry wrote this Aerosmith album. And maybe that makes me evil, but my name is Lex. So 
<laughs> and I think that's probably the best place to end it right now. <laughs> right where we started. <laughs> That's, oh, the, that's the proper introduction for me. Maybe you should cut around it. <laughs> this whole episode was an introduction for you. I know. That's yeah. all it was. <laughs> Why do I sound like Jerry Seinfeld all of a sudden? I don't oh know. What are you doing? Why are we here? <laughs> Jerry. Hello, Uncle Leo. Thanks for listening, folks. A big thanks to uh, our producer, Dave Martin, for taking the time to chop this episode up. I'm Matt Peters. I'm Lex Lutz. Just want to throw out real quick that you can follow us at Lex and Matt. That's written out Lex and Matt on Insta. Are you going to make me download the Twitter app again? I didn't need to. You're going to have to download the Twitter. Yes. Ah, oh, dang it. Okay. Yeah, we're on we're on the Facebook as well and uh, the interwebs. And what's your what's your uh, your screen name on the Insta, Matt, so that people can follow you? I am at Mighty Ink Matt across the board. Yeah, that's a good name. I'm the Lex Lutz. Right. Yes. <laughs> so give us a follow. You can message us on there if you have thoughts and feelings. And uh, I don't know if you want to call me a racist. That's oh god, please. I hope I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix it in post. <laughs> Wait, no. This is this is the beautiful part of a podcast where you finish it and then you go, oh no, what did I just say? <laughs> Crippling what regrets. Was that? Yeah. <laughs> Now I'm going to go to sleep now, and then it's just going to carry on for it. You know, the nice part is it's going to carry on for a few years where I'm just going to I'm going to be like, oh, I said that thing that one time. Do the shame. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, cringe. Okay. And now, like all good podcasts, we need a stinger at the end. Like, have a bacon bagel. Oh, that sounds terrible. It does. Thank you for joining us on this excellent adventure. <laughs> <laughs> But my beard's a mess right now. Nobody needs to see that. Um, I'm wearing a hoodie that says tree hugger. So You're wearing that's... clothes? I thought okay. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> Wait, do pants count? It's Winnie the Pooh style, but Oh, no. okay. Yeah. Okay. If you're Donald Duck in it, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> por- por- porky pigging it. There are too many animated cartoons that don't have pants. <laughs> this is a little bit disturbing now that you think about it. Oh well, no. I mean if you want to get super metal about Winnie the Pooh, which I don't think anybody has ever uttered that phrase in the history of mankind. Uh, no, uh, I think they have. Yeah. <laughs> then you could like say that his stuffing is his actual like legs and that the the cloth around them are the pants that he wears. That is disturbing. It is. Deeply disturbing. It is. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. What's even more disturbing is the fact that Christopher Robin leaves all these stuffed animals in the hundred acre woods and still like snuggles them, even though they've been like exposed to the elements all this time. I mean, you can't keep Eeyore dry. He's always just floating along on some pond or something like that. That's gross. Moldy. Yeah. Uh, You didn't realize it was all a prequel for the bubonic plague. (laughs) That's the, that's the origin story. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if, if, okay. So if I walk in on Christopher Robin as his, as his father, as a parent, and I see him just kind of staring off into space, surrounded by these stuffed animals, using his imagination or whatever you want to call it. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd have to take him, you know, to go talk to somebody because that's that's a lot of time he spends in the Hundred Acre Woods. Oh, my God. That was my entire childhood. I was Christopher just... Robin. I was just sitting there staring off into space. Well, I'm hey. sure I had to be tested a couple of times that I had to have been like there. there it was just like, no, 
not cool. Yeah, I was that kid that would just like, I'm just off in my own world. <laughs> Dave Matthews made a whole album about it, Under the Table and Dreaming. I, it, <laughs> I on one hand, I want to go, why do you know that? On the other hand, I, I can literally just reference the other day I was driving with Allie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this guy in front of us is a douchebag. They have two Dave Matthews band uh, stickers on the back of their car. <laughs> and she looked at it and she said, why do you know those are Dave Matthews band stickers? They don't have the actual name. It was like their logo and then like DMB or whatever. Nice. And and I said, no, I went to middle school once. Like, I, <laughs> like, like I, I know this is a thing. She was just like. <laughs> Okay, like uh, you're making fun of the person for doing that, and you know, but you know what it is. You're not much better. And I was like, okay, true, that's life smacking me in the face, going, yeah, no, but you, you understood that reference. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Matthews band's fans are referred to as Dave heads, first of all. Secondly, the logo is called the Fire Dancer, and Ooh, Dave okay. Matthews band has been around for a very, very long time. It has gotten many a party At least, like what college. thirty years. At least. At least yeah. yeah. I know because the, the first time I heard of them, it was, it's, this is going to be so freaking weird. So way back when Were Billy you crashing Bush, into someone? I, <laughs> I'm not going to finish the rest of that phrase. Um, <laughs> way back when Access Hollywood was still relevant because it was like hipper than entertainment tonight and uh, Billy Bush wasn't Billy Bush. Uh, they oh, he had was a, Billy Bush. But- oh, he was still Billy Bush in it back then. They had a whole feature on Dave Matthews Band, and I was just captivated. I'm like, who is this man who is Susie Qing while he's playing an acoustic guitar and he's surrounded by black people and they're just grooving along? <laughs> it's kind of great. Oh man, but the most entertaining member of the band, and this is this is where my DMB knowledge ceases right here. The gentleman who was always just on the fiddle. You can't call it a violin. It was a fiddle because the way he was getting down on it, he was like breaking strings and it was just flying everywhere. But he was still going to town like he was just sawing the thing in half. It's just, just so much flavor. You know, it, it, it had no business. I, <laughs> I think so, that much so the, I view Dave Matthews band same way that I view like the Grateful Dead, mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, I get that this is a thing. It's not for me, <laughs> okay. but it's a thing. Yeah, they're, they're like the, the, the my morning jacket of that era, basically. Oh, yeah, that's that's accurate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you know what else People I are... notice is it's not the same flavor of music, but I would say like My Chemical Romance is Ooh. one of those too. Yeah. That they're yeah, just that was so a... into it, and I'm like, I don't. Okay, cool. <laughs> that was a dark like, time for teens. I, I I watched Helena the music video too. I wasn't this into it. Why are you still listening to it? Like. My you know, romance. Wow. Uh, I, that I, was very I, much I, like, oh, my generation. Like, this is like, oh God, we are we are dealing with puberty in middle school, aren't we? Oh my this feelings. Is a change. All of them. 